Chapter 25, Part 2 of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Koenig. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell, Section 58. Description of Plate 3. The accompanying view is part of a panoramic sketch which I made in November 1828 and may assist the reader in comprehending some topographical details to be alluded to in the sequel, although it can convey no idea of the picturesque grandeur of the scene. The great lava currents of 1819 and 1811 are seen pouring down from the higher parts of the valley, overrunning the forests of the Great Plain, and rising up in the foreground on the left with a rugged surface on which many hillocks and depressions appear, such as often characterize a lava current immediately after its consolidation. The small cone, number 7, was formed in 1811, and was still smoking when I saw it in 1828. The other small volcano to the left, from which vapor is issuing, was, I believe, one of those formed in 1819. The following are the names of some of the other points indicated in the sketch. 1. Montagnola. 2. Torre del Filosofo. 3. Highest Cone. 4. Lepra. 5. Finocchio. 6. Capra. 7. Cone of 1811. 8. Cima de la 9. Musara. 10. Socolaro. 11. Roca di Calana. Description of Plate 4. The second view represents the same valley as seen from above, or looking directly down the Val del Bove, from the summit of the principal crater formed in 1819. I am unable to point out the precise spot which this crater would occupy in the view represented in Plate 3 but I conceive that it would appear in the face of the great precipice near which the smoke issuing from the cone number seven is made to terminate. There are many ledges of rock on the face of that precipice where eruptions have occurred. The circular form of the Val del Bove is well shown in this view, plate four. To the right and left are the lofty precipices which form the southern and northern sides of the great valley, and which are intersected by dikes projecting in the manner afterwards to be described. In the distance appears the fertile region of Etna, extending like a great plain along the seacoast. The spots particularly referred to in the plate are the following. A. Cape Spartivento in Italy, of which the outline is seen in the distance. B. The promontory of Taormino on the Sicilian coast. C. The river Alcantra. D. The small village of Riposto. F. The town of Aci Reale. G. Cyclopean Islands are Foralione in the Bay of Trezza. H. The Great Harbor of Syracuse. K. The Lake of Lantini. I. The City of Catania, near which is marked the course of the lava which flowed from the Monti Rossi in 1669 and destroyed part of the city. L. To the left of the view is the crater of 1811, which is also shown at number 7 in Plate 3. M. Rock of Musara, also seen at number 9 in Plate 3. E. Valley of Calana. The Val del Bove is of truly magnificent dimensions, a vast amphitheatre four or five miles in diameter, surrounded by nearly vertical precipices, varying from 1,000 to above 3,000 feet in height, the loftiest being at the upper end, and the height gradually diminishing on both sides. The feature which first strikes the geologist as distinguishing the boundary cliffs of this valley is the prodigious multitude of vertical dikes which are seen in all directions traversing the volcanic beds. The circular form of this great chasm, 
and the occurrence of these countless dikes amounting perhaps to several thousands in number so forcibly recalled to my mind the phenomena of the atrio del cavallo on vesuvius that i at first imagined that i had entered a vast crater on a scale as far exceeding that of soma as etna surpasses vesuvius in magnitude but i was soon undeceived when i had attentively explored the different sides of the great amphitheatre in order to satisfy myself whether the semicircular wall of the val del bove had ever formed the boundary of a crater and whether the beds had the same quaquaversal dip which is so beautifully exhibited in the escarpment of soma had the supposed analogy between soma and the val del bove held true the tufts and lavas at the head of the valley would have dipped to the west those on the north side toward the north and those on the southern side to the south but such i did not find to be the inclination of the beds they all dipped towards the sea or nearly east as in the valleys of santo giacomo and calana below scenery of the val del bove let the reader picture to himself a large amphitheatre five miles in diameter and surrounded on three sides by precipices from two thousand to three thousand feet in height if he has beheld that most picturesque scene in the chain of the pyrenees the celebrated cirque of gavarni he may form some conception of the magnificent circle of precipitous rocks which enclose on three sides the great plain of the val del bove this plain has been deluged by repeated streams of lava and although it appears almost level when viewed from a distance it is in fact more uneven than the surface of the most tempestuous sea besides the minor irregularities of the lava the valley is in one part interrupted by a ridge of rocks two of which musara and capra are very prominent it can hardly be said that they like giants stand to sentinel enchanted land for although like the trossachs in the highlands of scotland they are of gigantic dimensions and appear almost isolated as seen from many points yet the stern and severe grandeur of the scenery which they adorn is not such as would be selected by a poet for a veil of enchantment the character of the scene would accord far better with milton's picture of the infernal world and if we imagine ourselves to behold in motion in the darkness of the night one of those fiery currents which have so often traversed the great valley we may well recall yon dreary plain forlorn and wild the seat of desolation void of light save what the glimmering of these livid flames casts pale and dreadful the face of the precipices already mentioned is broken in the most picturesque manner by the vertical walls of lava which traverse them these masses visually stand out in relief are exceedingly diversified in form and of immense altitude in the autumn their black outline may often be seen relieved by clouds of fleecy vapour which settle behind them and do not disperse until midday continuing to fill the valley while the sun is shining on every other part of sicily and on the higher regions of etna as soon as the vapours begin to rise the changes of scene are varied in the highest degree different rocks being unveiled and hidden by turns and the summit of etna often breaking through the clouds for a moment with its dazzling snows and being then as suddenly withdrawn from the view an unusual silence prevails for there are no torrents dashing from the rocks nor any movement of running water in this valley such as may almost invariably be heard in mountainous regions every drop of water that falls from the heavens or flows from the melting ice and snow is instantly absorbed by the porous lava and such is the dearth of springs that the herdsman is compelled to supply his flocks during the hot season from stores of snow laid up in hollows of the mountain during winter the strips of green herbage and forest land which have here and there escaped the burning lavas serve by contrast to heighten the desolation of the scene 
when i visited the valley nine years after the eruption of eighteen nineteen i saw hundreds of trees or rather the white skeletons of trees on the borders of the black lava their trunks and branches being all leafless and deprived of their bark by the scorching heat emitted from the melted rock an image recalling those beautiful lines as when heaven's fire hath scathed the forest oaks or mountain pines with singed top their stately growth though bare stands on the blasted heath form composition and origin of the dykes but without indulging the imagination any longer in descriptions of scenery i may observe that the dykes before mentioned form unquestionably the most interesting geological phenomenon in the val del bove some of these are composed of trachyte others of compact blue basalt with olivine they vary in breadth from two to twenty feet and upwards and usually project from the face of the cliffs as represented in the annex drawing figure forty nine they consist of harder materials than the strata which they traverse and therefore waste away less rapidly under the influence of that repeated congelation and thawing to which the rocks in this zone of etna are exposed the dikes are for the most part vertical but sometimes they run in a tortuous course through the tufts and breccias as represented in figure fifty in the escarpment of Soma, where similar walls of lava cut through alternating beds of sand and scoriae, a coating of coal-black rock, approaching in its nature and appearance to pitchstone, is seen at the contact of the dike with the intersected beds. I did not observe such parting layers at the junction of the Etnean dikes which I examined, but they may perhaps be discoverable. The geographical position of these dikes is most interesting, as they are very numerous near the head of the Val del Bove, where the cones of 1811 and 1819 were thrown up, as also in that zone of the mountain where lateral eruptions are frequent, whereas in the valley of Kalana, which is below that parallel, and in a region where lateral eruptions are extremely rare, scarcely any dikes are seen, and none whatever still lower in the valley of Santo Giacomo. This is precisely what we might have expected if we considered the vertical fissures now filled with rock to have been the feeders of lateral cones, or, in other words, the channels which gave passage to the lava currents and scoriae that have issued from vents in the forest zone. In other parts of Etna there may be numerous dikes at as low a level as the valley of Kalana, because the line of lateral eruptions is not everywhere at the same height above the sea. But in the section above alluded to, there appeared to me an obvious connection between the frequency of dikes and of lateral eruptions. Some fissures may have been filled from above, but I did not see any which, by terminating downwards, gave proof of such an origin. Almost all the isolated masses in the Val del Bove, such as Capra, Musara, and others, are traversed by dikes, and may perhaps have partly owed their preservation to that circumstance, if at least the action of occasional floods has been one of the destroying causes in the Val del Bove, for there is nothing which affords so much protection to a massive strata against the undermining action of running water as a perpendicular dike of hard rock. In the accompanying drawing, figure 51, the flowing of the lavas of 1811 and 1819 between the rocks Finocchio, Capra, and Musara is represented. The height of the two last-mentioned isolated masses has been much diminished by the elevation of their base caused by these currents. They may, perhaps, be the remnants of lateral cones which existed before the Val del Bove was formed, and may hereafter be once more buried by the lavas that are now accumulating in the valley. From no point of view are the dikes more conspicuous than from the summit of the highest cone of Etna. A view of some of them is given in the annex drawing, figure 52. Eruption of 1811 I have alluded to the streams of lava which were poured forth in 1811 and 1819. 
Gemellaro, who witnessed these eruptions, informs us that the great crater in 1811 first testified by its loud detonations that a column of lava had ascended to near the summit of the mountain. A violent shock was then felt, and the stream broke out from the side of the cone at no great distance from its apex. Shortly after this had ceased to flow, a second stream burst forth at another opening considerably below the first, then a third still lower, and so on till seven different issues had been thus successively formed, all lying upon the same straight line. It has been supposed that this line was a perpendicular rent in the internal framework of the mountain, which rent was probably not produced at one shock, but prolonged successively downwards, by the lateral pressure and intense heat of the internal column of lava, as it subsided by gradual discharge through each vent. Eruption of 1819 In 1819 three large mouths or caverns opened very near those which were formed in the eruptions of 1811, from which flames, red-hot cinders, and sand were thrown up with loud explosions. A few minutes afterwards, another mouth opened below, from which flames and smoke issued, and finally a fifth, lower still, whence a torrent of lava flowed, which spread itself with great velocity over the deep and broad valley called Val del Bove. This stream flowed two miles in the first twenty-four hours, and nearly as far in the succeeding day and night. The three original mouths at length united into one large crater, and sent forth lava, as did the inferior apertures, so that an enormous torrent poured down the Val del Bove. When it arrived at a vast and almost perpendicular precipice, at the head of the valley of Calana, it poured over in a cascade, and being hardened in its descent, made an inconceivable crash as it was dashed against the bottom. So immense was the column of dust raised by the abrasion of the tufaceous hill over which the hardened mass descended, that the Catanians were in great alarm, supposing a new eruption to have burst out in the woody region, exceeding in violence that near the summit of Etna. Motive Advance of the Lava Of the cones thrown up during this eruption, not more than two were of sufficient magnitude to be numbered among those eighty which were before described as adorning the flanks of Etna. The surface of the lava which deluged the Val del Bove consists of rocky and angular blocks, tossed together in the utmost disorder. Nothing can be more rugged, or more unlike the smooth and even superficies, which those who are unacquainted with volcanic countries may have pictured to themselves, in a mass of matter which had consolidated from a liquid state. Mr. Scrope observed this current in the year 1819, slowly advancing down a considerable slope at the rate of about a yard an hour, nine months after its emission. The lower stratum being arrested by the resistance of the ground, the upper or central part gradually protruded itself and being unsupported, fell down. This in its turn was covered by a mass of more liquid lava which swelled over it from above. The current had all the appearance of a huge heap of rough and large cinders rolling over and over upon itself by the effect of an extremely slow propulsion from behind. The contraction of the crust as it solidified, and the friction of the scoriform cakes against one another, produced a crackling sound. Within the crevices a dull red heat might be seen by night and vapor issuing in considerable quantity was visible by day. It was stated that when the lava of 1819 arrived at the head of the valley of Calana, after flowing down the Val del Bove, it descended in a cascade. This stream, in fact, like many previous currents of lava which have flowed down successively from the higher regions of Etna, was churned by a great promontory projecting from the southern side of the Val del Bove. This promontory consists of the hills called Zocalaro and Calana, and of a ridge of inferior height which connects them. See figure 53. 
it happened in 1811 and 1819 that the flows of lava overtopped the ridge intervening between the hills of Socolaro and Calana, so that they fell in a cascade over a lofty precipice and began to fill up the valley of Calana. Other portions of the same lava current flowed round the promontory, and they exhibit one of the peculiar characteristics of such streams, namely that of becoming solid externally even while yet in motion. Instead of thinning out gradually at their edges, their sides may often be compared to two rocky walls which are sometimes inclined at an angle of between 30 and 40 degrees. When such streams are turned from their course by a projecting rock, they move right onwards in a new direction, and in the valley of Kalana a considerable space has thus been left between the steep sides of the lava so deflected and the precipitous escarpment of Zocolaro which bounds the plain. Lavas and Breccias in regard to the volcanic masses which are intersected by dikes in the Val del Bove, they consist in great part of greystone lavas, of an intermediate character between basalt and trachyte, and partly of porphyritic lava resembling trachyte, but to which that name cannot, according to von Buch and G. Rose, be in strictness applied, because the felspar belongs to the variety called labradorite. There is great similarity in the composition of the ancient and modern lavas of Etna both consisting of felspar, augite, olivine, and titaniferous iron. The alternating breccias are made up of scoriae, sand, and angular blocks of lava. Many of these fragments may have been thrown out by volcanic explosions, which, falling on the hardened surface of moving lava currents, may have been carried to a considerable distance. It may also happen that when lava advances very slowly, in the manner of the flow of 1819, the angular masses resulting from the frequent breaking of the mass as it rolls over upon itself may produce these breccias. It is at least certain that the upper portion of the lava currents of 1811 and 1819 now consist of angular masses to the depth of many yards. Dabuisson has compared the surface of one of the ancient lavas of Avernia to that of a river suddenly frozen over by the stoppage of immense fragments of drift ice, a description perfectly applicable to these modern Etnean flows. The thickness of the separate beds of conglomerate or breccia, which are seen in the same vertical section, is often extremely different, varying from three to nearly fifty feet, as I observed in the hill of Kalana. End of chapter 25, part 2. Recording by Amy Koenig.